Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin. The only problem you're going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street. Your favorite draft analyst, favorite draft analyst. Your boys from the Draft Act NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Corey Talba, and I am here as always with my co-host, Albert. Garbage time, Gim. Albert, what's cracking, dude? What's going on, Corey? It is a, it's an incredible time to be alive. College basketball is back. The NBA is in full swing. All kinds of good stuff's happening. So, uh... Everything's good. I'm ready to rock. That's right. Both our teams are incredibly mediocre. Uh, so <laughs> better than, I guess, I don't know. Maybe it's not better than being terrible considering this is a draft show and we're about to cover a generational draft. Uh, this is the Draft Act podcast, folks. So what we are doing here today is we are going to do our first draft stock update. These are the IPOs for um you know the top 40 prospects in the 2023 NBA draft class at least during the preseason before things really get into full swing uh this list if you're watching this live on YouTube uh the list will be published at 9 a.m. eastern time uh on Wednesday at noceilingsnba.com and if you are listening to this on any of your podcast feeds it's already out so just head to noceilingsnba.com subscribe it's free and uh you can check out the rankings so these this ranking that we're about to go over this is not albert and i's personal uh feelings on where these draft prospects should be ranked it's not no ceilings as a collective uh personal feelings on how these draft prospects should be ranked what the draft stock market ipo is for these prospects is we took a look at some of the biggest boards, and if you're a fan of the the, the Draft Act show, you'll know that we go through uh, on a weekly basis, you know, prospect by prospect, their draft stock on each outlet. But we took a look at ESPN, SB Nation, Sports Illustrated, uh, Our No Ceilings Board included, The Athletic, Tankathon, Basketball News, and we put together uh, an average for the top 40 prospects to get a better overall feel for where exactly these prospects stock really is heading into this 2023 NBA draft cycle. And that way, as the, the process moves along, we can actually track, you know, where they started, how they uh, are rising or how they're falling, where their stock ends up from, you know, the beginning to the end and actually take a, a big picture look at this process and maybe see if we can learn anything from it. You know, uh, why prospects at the beginning of the year were ranked where they were versus towards the end of the year. So um, this list is going to look a hell of a lot different come, you know, June, but that's what we do here. We follow, we track it. So if you're looking to get in on some of these prospects early, today's the day. Now is where their official stock price is going to be set. I'm ready. Albert, are you ready to do this? I'm super ready to do this and I'm excited to hear your thoughts, Corey, because 
this is going to be the first episode that we're doing where we're going to get pretty expansive and cover a lot of different guys. And I'm really curious to hear your opinions on some of these guys because, um, you know, it, it's fun. We usually do one dude and we that's all we talk about. And today we'll probably talk about like 40 of them. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting show. I already disagree with some of the rankings right off the bat. So why are we procrastinating? Let's just start breaking this this shit down. Let's go by fives. Let's all where I list uh, the stock price for you know the the top forty guys five by five by five by five by five, and uh, we can have a little conversation you know uh, about all of these guys in in chunks. So. The draft price for one and two should not be shocking. They were both unanimous. Victor Wembanyama was the number one prospect at every major outlet. Scoot Henderson was the number two prospect on every major outlet. So I don't foresee a circumstance that that changes. Right. Um, so where this thing really is going to start this year is at number three. The number three, uh, the number three ranked prospect according to the draft act is Amen Thompson. He had an average stock price of four averaging out all of the major outlets. Nick Smith is the fourth ranked prospect with a price of 4.6 and Cam Whitmore is the fifth ranked prospect with a price of 5.7. So we have Victor Wembanyama at one, Scoot at two, Amen at three, Nick Smith at four, Cam Whitmore at five. What are your thoughts, Albert? Um, well, at the top, one and two, pretty easy. Not going to get anything from me, anything different from me, um, is what I should say. Amen Thompson, uh, at this point, I... Um, Where is he on your board? Oh, boy, here we on go. On your personal board. Uh, Amen Thompson currently on my personal board is number 13. So that's a pretty wide gap from where he is here and where I have him. Um, and you know, Corey, as you know, I, I'm, I haven't been his biggest fan, but at the same time, I am in a place where because of you and because of, uh, how you helped me open my eyes this weekend to his brother's game and the advancements that he's making, I find myself in a place, Corey, where I want to be more open Mm. And, um, yeah, just readily open to absorb new things is where I find myself. So I'm in Thompson being at number three for me still at this point is a little bit high. Uh, Nick Smith and Cam Whitmore at four or five. I don't hate on my personal boards. I think I have Cam Whitmore at four and Nick Smith at six. If I'm not wrong, I might be dead wrong, actually. But um, oh, wait, no, I apologize. I actually have Nick Smith at eight and Cam Whitmore at six. So they're a little bit lower than I thought they were. But um, I like both guys. Oh, I mean, we did Cam Whitmore. You did Nick Smith um, already. But overall, I, I like this top five. I don't hate it. No big gripes from me other than Amin Thompson. But once again, I do want to mention I am in a place where I'm more open to Amin Thompson now than maybe I was like a week ago. Oh, Corey, I can't hear you. At No Ceilings, we are the clear outlet that um, is a little bit lower on Amen versus the rest of the media. We had him collectively at eight. He is nine on my personal board. Um, I think I'm just, I'm very skeptical right now about where he is as a shooter. 
you know, I, I went and saw him live in Atlanta uh, at the, the Overtime Elite Pro Day. And I, I do like a lot of things about the rest of his game, but I don't so much feel that he's at, you know, the, the place right now that I can confidently put him in that top three category right now, even top five, just because I think as much as he brings to the table, you need to be able to put pressure on defenses as a shooter. Um, whether it's even in the mid range, like I, I don't even need him to be a three point shooter right now. I just need him to be able to come off a screen and confidently pull up in that mid range just to give, you know, a different look. He's not going to have a problem getting into the teeth of the defense. He's not going to have, you know, a problem making plays for teammates. That's those are two things I'm confident that he will excel at at the next level. I think he's going to be a good defender. It would not shock me if by the end of the cycle, I'm a little bit higher on Amen than where I'm starting. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to to be open to that as well. But I agree. For me, he is kind of the guy that I struggle with the most out of this first five. Um, Nick Smith, I have at six on my personal board. And Cam, I have at seven on my personal board. And I think there are paths for both of those guys to end up as, as top five guys. You know, I, I think with Nick Smith, it's probably a little bit more of an uphill battle. Just he's really got to go ham as a scorer, showing his efficiency for me, proving that he can get all the way to the cup and finish through traffic and not just rely on his floater, draw free throws. Uh, because I think if you're going to be one of these six four, six five guards, that's kind of like a, a scorer first. And yes, he could play make a little bit, but I don't think he has enough of the playmaking chops to be a primary lead initiator at the next level he's got to show me that he can actually pressure the rim and be efficient near the hoop because I, you know, Jalen green, you know, he's a couple years in and he's still up and down Anthony Edwards. He's in year three now. And while he's shown some superstar stuff, it's not like the Timberwolves are, you know, this powerhouse team that you would have thought they might be given what they gave up for Rudy Gobert and where they, they thought they were as a franchise. So Nick Smith, I think has a lot to prove as a scorer for me, but he is a deadly shooter and he's got a great handle and there's a lot to like about his game. So I feel comfortable starting him at number six. And then cam, he's really just got to prove to me that he could shoot it and, and bring it consistently on the defensive end from a, an effort perspective. Now he's, he like Nick Smith are starting the year off um, injured. So you know, we're unfortunately not getting a, a look at them right now, but Cam has all the tools you want from a top five guy, right? Six, seven, smooth, great footwork, power wing, athletic, mm-hmm. you know, like the shooting I'm a little skeptical about, even though he lit the net on fire during the FIBA tournament. But I think there's enough there to for him to, you know, still you have to respect it. He'll knock it down if you give him an open shot. I don't think he's Isaac Okoro. So uh, I don't have a problem with him at five, but he's just outside of that that for me just because, uh, you know, I need, I need to see him shoot it. Yeah. No, I mean, when we did the Cam Whitmore pod, that was one of our big areas of, uh, I wouldn't say concern necessarily, but, you know, it's an area of growth for him that we want to monitor. And if he can do that when he gets back, that'll be really fun to watch. And, Corey, the, th- the stuff that you were saying about Nick Smith, I did want to kind of echo what you were saying because i'm there with you you know considering he doesn't have like great size you know he is a little bit on the smaller end what do we call them nowadays like medium-ish guards <laughs> right like a cj mccollum bradley b yeah. 64-ish guy and those guys uh have become quite strong 
And, um, you know, not that they're like power guards or anything like that, but there is the desire and the inclination for them to go all the way to the rim and, as you mentioned, right, draw fouls and, you know, be able to play and score um, through contact. So I think if Nick Smith can show even a little bit of that uh, this season in his freshman year, then obviously his outlook starts to look a little bit different. So I just wanted to echo everything that you're saying, agree with all that. And um, I think it, it's it's interesting that both of us feel the way that we feel about Amen. But um, as you said, things can be very different by the time we get to the draft. So I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, and, and I think where we differ the most is that at least for me, Asar has leapfrogged him on my personal board. And, you know, I, I dropped my my personal top 30 in a um, a video on, on my, on the NBA Draft Dude YouTube channel. And that's kind of been the thing the most that I think has shocked people in my top 10 is that Asar is ahead of Amen. It's not even necessarily where Amen is listed. It's that I feel more strongly about Asar, right. who uh, is in that next group. So at number six, uh, Dariq Whitehead had an average price of seven, but he is the sixth ranked prospect. Asar Thompson is the seventh ranked prospect with a, an average price of 7.4. Keontae George, the eighth ranked prospect with an average price of 9.3. Dylan Mitchell, the ninth ranked prospect with an average price of 10.3. And Jarris Walker, the 10th ranked prospect with an average price of 11.4. So what is the thing that, that stands out the most to you because i feel like there's a lot happening in this in this next five that that we just listed Mm -hmm. i feel like this second five Corey, is the most volatile five um and i think there's a real situation where by the by the time we get to the draft that all five of these guys may either be way higher or way lower Mm. um and there's a real real possibility here i like all of these guys. Dariq Whitehead is a guy that I actually had pretty high on my board. I believe I had Whitehead at seven, mm-hmm. right? Asar Thompson was, I believe, 19th on my board. But Corey, where I am now after this weekend, because you've been talking our ears off in our group chat about Asar. And so I decided, hey, let's not, I don't want to be the old guy who said in my way. So I went back into the tape and I started watching him. And Corey, you're right, dude. The shooting has really come a long way. And I'm not going to say he's a sniper yet, but be, the, just the fact that he is moving in a positive uh, trajectory in terms of his shooting makes everything that much more dynamic and awesome. Um, so I don't know where Osar is going to be in my next big board, uh, but he's definitely going to be moving up a lot. Um, is the first thing I'll say, and then we can kind of follow up after that. But Asar Thompson being at number seven is probably closer. I think that's where you have him at seven. Is that correct? I think I have him at eight. Okay. I have Cam at seven. I have Asar at eight. Um, I have Dariq at 10, which I think I feel like I'm a little bit lower on Dariq than than other people. And it's not even that I, I'm lower on him. I just, I have a little, I, I have some concerns about, sometimes I feel like he's a little sped up uh, and I feel like he has to settle for tough shots. Now he is an unbelievable tough shot maker, but I feel like the separation, he struggles creating separation and he could force some, some pretty ugly, you know, attempts every now and then, but uh, there are some really high upside. I think I saw somebody compare his upside to um, like a, a Seattle Ray Allen which, wow. you know, I'm not quite there because I don't think he's the same level of shooter, even though I do think he could potentially be the best shooter in this class. 
which, you know, to have a guy who can make shots off the bounce, maybe the best shooter in the class to have him ranked at 10. That's why this is a preseason ranking and not a, my final ranking, but um, he does have some intriguing upside. He's, he's athletic, strong. I could see him. I think we, did we have him go three or four in the no ceilings mock draft? You know, he's just going to, he's going to make a lot of sense on a lot of teams just because of the the fact that he can play on or off the ball. But I'm, I have him reversed in that group where I have him at 10. Jarris Walker, obviously at 10. I mean, if you listen to the draft act episode we did on him, we are obsessed with him. I think at no ceilings, we're pretty obsessed with him. We have kind of had this Jarris Walker train rolling early on as, as far as hype goes, he's my third ranked prospect. I believe he's your third ranked prospect. So uh, there's, Obviously, for me, that feels a bit off. And I just like the athletic had him at 18, basketball news at 15, ESPN has him at 14. Um, so it just feels like he's one of these guys to me that's just going to have this crazy rise when it it feels obvious just based on the direction of the league and how strong and athletic and how toolsy he is, how versatile. But the guy, and, and you know, it's fine. I'll, I'll, let's talk about Keontae George quickly who's the eighth ranked guy on the list um you know i was talking about nick smith being this medium-sized guard that you you coined and keontae george is kind of right there with him and yet he's my fourth ranked prospect probably showed less playmaking chops in high school although he looked good as a playmaker in that first game against you know whoever the fuck state uh <laughs> that they bail or smacked by like 100 <laughs> That's a great name for school. <laughs> Whoever the fuck state. Whoever the fuck state. I love it. Maybe that should be a a, a piece of no ceilings merch at some point. <laughs> Whoever the fuck state university. <laughs> Starting point guard. Whoever the fuck state. <laughs> uh, yeah, his his playmaking look good against whoever the fuck state, and um, I think that he's the most complete scorer. The difference and the reason I'm I'm a little bit higher on him versus Nick Smith is I trust Keontae George to be able to score at all three levels right now a little bit more. I, I have more faith in him getting to the rim. And there's something about him. And I think Nick Nick Smith has a good frame. You know, he's got those like big broad shoulders, but he is, you know, a little slight right now. Where Keontae George is one of those bulldog frames that I love. You know, he's got that like Davion Mitchell kind of like girth. To his frame and i think oh, yeah. you know as he continues to get in better shape you know it's it's i think when you are going to be one of those medium-sized guards having that kind of body type is what helps you defensively and you know he had a really nice flash at the point of attack um defensively i thought i think i'm a little bit higher on his defense versus some of the other guys at no ceilings in particular um i just saw a lot of like really encouraging on-ball possessions during watching the high school tape but uh i think that uh for me, I, I think he's going to be a riser because I think he's going to get a ton of buckets. And if that playmaking is anywhere close to what it looked like during um, that game against whoever the fuck state, we got ourselves a potential, you know, top three to five guy. The The volatility that you speak of mm-hmm. to me is represented here with Dylan Mitchell, the number ninth ranked prospect who has a 10.3 average stock price. He has a high Sports Illustrated has him at five and a low SB Nation had him at 18. So you see where that stock range on these outlets to give him this ranking. You know, I really like Dylan Mitchell and yet I need to see it 
first. Like Dylan Mitchell is one of these guys that is a little Kendall Brownish, mm. but I like him a lot more than I liked Kendall Brown. I think he he brings better uh, effort, better energy. I think he's got a better frame. He's just as athletic. Mm-hmm. So I could definitely see him being a guy who's going to be in this lottery conversation, but nine feels a little bit high just because we don't have any evidence that he could shoot it. Now, I think on this podcast, we are, or at least have proven a little bit that we're not so concerned with makes and misses and percentages, yeah. as long as the shot looks good and looks like it could be something that is workable going forward with NBA training. I think we're okay with it, but, and and I do think that, his shot looks okay when he shoots free throws. He's, you know, he very rarely shoots like mid range shots or threes, but when he does, they look okay. Is he going to be willing to shoot it? Yeah. Can he just go, all right, I'm going to let this thing fly because it looks okay to me to the fact where I just like, let it, let's see it, man. Like you're going to be really efficient around the hoop. You're going to be a guy who gets a lot of efficient opportunities in transition as a rim runner. I think that, you know, at Mount Verde, sometimes he was an interesting role, man. You know, I, he reminds me of a guy like Derek Jones jr. In Chicago, who I think in the NBA with certain lineups is going to be able to play some center and be really versatile as a defender, probably defend, you know, uh, one through four pretty comfortably with, while switching on fives occasionally, especially as he bulks up a little bit as he gets older, but I got to see him shoot it before I feel comfortable taking him in the top 10, because you got to be able to space the floor a little bit. And we've seen shooting growth, you know, pretty regularly happen at the NBA level with guys who have workable form. He has that, but how good is your workable form? If you don't have the confidence to shoot it in the first place. I, I swear I thought you were just talking about Amen Thompson. So, um, <laughs> but no, Corey, I, I'm with you, dude. Because for me, I mean, we texted about this too. I think we were both pretty alarmed by how high Dylan Mitchell was. I think um, looking at it right now on my personal board, I have I have him 17th actually, and um, and that's not me like hating on Dylan Mitchell. I'm actually right there with you, Corey. I think he's going to be a very good player. Um, I love the size and the length on the guy. I really love the energy that he plays with. I don't know if it's because he's a lefty that I'm like more inclined to believe in the jump shot. And that's like (laughs) a real thing. I think for me that sometimes like I just look at lefties and I'm like, oh, you're going to figure it out because you use the right side of your brain, which makes no sense. (laughs) But um, with Mitchell, though, like I'm right there with you. There are some there are some real flashes when you played for Montford last year, just the above the rim stuff was really, really fun with him. I I think he's going to do enough. I Yeah. I, I, I think the shooting will come. I, and I want to see it. And I really do hope, Corey, as you said, I hope he has the desire to take them. Because if he just takes them, even if he shoots 28% this season in college from three, if he just puts them up and it looks decent, I think people will be believers. And then who knows, like he shoots them all season and he gets into a gym right after the season ends. And then he's doing workouts for teams and he goes to some team and he shoots like 15 for 20 from three. And then, you know, we you'll, you'll hear rumors all around the league that the kid can shoot now. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm still there with Mitchell. I'm with you. I like him. Nine just feels very high consider. And it, for me, it was the nine, 10 combo, right? For, we both have Walker at three. So to see him at 10, I was like, Oh, so you guys are all just going to be wrong on him. But 
at the same time, I'm the same guy who had Johnny Davis fourth on my board last year, and he's struggling right now. But I still Come believe on. I think Johnny Davis is going to be excellent. Yes. Um, yeah. So we can't I, give I, up on Johnny. No, no, I, I'm definitely not. Just uh, I think it's hilarious how people are freaking out on Twitter and all these Wizards fans who didn't watch him in college. They're like, "Why did we draft this bum?" And I think he's going to be just fine. But um, with that being said, Mitchell at nine is very high for me because I have him 17th. So I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I think I have him 20 or 21, something like that. And it's all going to come down to, hey, are you going to be able to shoot it? That's it. Like, if he shows that he is willing to let it fly, um, I'm going to move him up my board because I think there's a lot of intriguing stuff uh, with his game. All right, at next, uh, next group, first, shout out to everybody watching live. Make sure that you hit that uh that like button smash the thumbs up um let's get some uh if you have questions make sure you you put them in the chat and and, uh we'll get to those next group 11 to 15 this is a this is a crazy group (laughs) at 11 we have Derek lively average stock price 11.6 at number 12 we have case and wallace with an average price of 12 Mm. at 13 we have kalel ware Average stock price of 13.1. At 14, we have Anthony Black. Average price of 13.3. And then at 15, we have our guy Brandon Miller from Alabama with an average stock price of 16.3. So we have Derek Lively, Casey Wallace, Kalel Ware, Anthony Black, and Brandon Miller making up that that next group. Um, where do we begin with this, with this five? We got the bigs, the, the two mm-hmm. bigs. So... Lively and where is, you know, we covered lively, but this is going to be the debate yeah. of the the cycle of which which big is is the the right first big off the board after Victor. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I might be at where I don't know. I you mm-hmm. know like I like lively. I see it. We covered him. Uh, I felt better after we did it, but I I still think. Uh, there's something about where that intrigues me, even though, if, you know, I haven't seen the, the motor go. Where are you at with the where versus lively debate? Um, I'm at uh, the I don't know stage because, <laughs> Corey, you I hope, you know, you have a great influence on me at times. And this past weekend, you were texting to the group chat about where. So I said, you know what? If Corey likes where. Let's figure this out. Why Why am I? Because so, I, on my board, I have where at like 24, I think. So I was like, okay, cool. So I had him at 24. Corey seems to like him a lot. Let me go back into this. So I watched him. And then, Corey, it, it happened for me where I was like, okay, I get it. Like this kid is so damn fluid. He's really athletic. There's certain there, He's doing things on the court where I'm like, okay, this isn't necessarily normal. And then I went back to lively and i was like okay wait but lively is also doing a lot of this stuff as well and if i think back to what we said about lively on our pod i'm like yeah okay cool like remember albert the role that he's going to play and what he's going to be asked to do he's going to be great and the next level he'll do the same and then get, be given more opportunity to try different things so i'm all over the place with those two guys i actually have them pretty neck and neck now um after going back on the wear stuff and like watching the fiba stuff we wear too it was like okay like you're doing some stuff here, but also you're playing against like guys who are literally nowhere near your height or your level. So how much does this count <laughs> for? So yeah. I'm all over the place with wear and lively, but I think I still have lively over wear for now. 
Yeah, I have them, I think, back to back at 16, 17. I almost feel like this is they're the Thompson twins, the big man <laughs> version of the Thompson twins, where it's like they're just similar enough and yeah. just different enough that like they make the perfect compare contrast prospect. I I agree, though. I'm I'm very confused. But here's the guy I'm the most confused about, because theoretically, he represents like everything that I love. Mm-hmm. And that's Case and Wallace. OK, I love Case and Wallace. Mm-hmm. I do. But the the way I feel about him is the way I've felt about like some girls in my past. Okay. Where I'm like, I know I should like her more than I like her. She's beautiful. She's funny. Yeah. You know, she's caring and considerate. Mm-hmm. But there's something that's inside me that just is just going, why don't I care about her the way she cares about me? Mm-hmm. that's how I feel about Casey mm-hmm. Wallace. Like Casey Wallace is this really hot girl that I want to date who really likes me and wants to date me, but I just can't reciprocate the feelings. I don't know what it is. Cause I love how hard he plays defensively. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's got, he's pretty athletic from the guard spot. He's six, four. He's got a good build. I think he's got a pretty decent shot, smooth floater. What am I missing? Why am I feeling like right now? I think I, I am in the, like back end of the twenties right now. Wow. Am I just more intrigued by other guys? Cause Casey Wallace is just boring and steady. And mm-hmm. I, I know that, you know, he's not going to go out to the club and like, you know, start texting other guys or DMing, you know, DMing the other guys yeah. that after going to the club, he's just going to be waiting at home, you know, yeah. Corey, try, hoping that we can watch <laughs> love is blind together. Like what? What you're describing, Corey, in this hypothetical is just a girl that likes you too much is what it is. And there's no chase for you. And you want the chase. Mm. You know, men are hunters, right? Is what it is. Okay. Corey, (laughs) the way that you feel about Case and Wallace is how the NBA has felt about Drew Holiday for the last 12 years, 12, 13 years. I know. Is what it is. And and Drew Holiday, an unbelievable talent, a guy who's made the all-star team, a guy who is now an NBA champion, a guy who's an absolute all-world defender, is really good, but he's also kind of boring. Why? Because Drew Holiday is not going to hit you with really fancy moves. He's not going to talk trash to anybody. He's just going to be really good at basketball and marry an Olympic uh, um, soccer player and they're just going to have the most athletic babies ever is where Drew Holiday is at and maybe that's not so exciting but I happen to love Casey Wallace because I have Casey Wallace I believe 11th or 12th on my board let me see yep that makes middle. sense he's he's good Corey he's I know good. he is his, I'm his, fully aware the, the defense is exciting you know and the floater game and the handle and the shooting it's there's a lot to like there. I, I think, Corey, ultimately, this is where we are. The date today is, well, where we are, like November 8th, 9th, I don't know. Yeah, election in a, day. In a, oh, that's correct, election day. Go out and vote. Um, in a couple of months, Case and Wallace, I think, is going to be much higher on your board. You're going to fall much deeper in love. And it, it, you're when we do his pod, you will sound very different, is my hypothesis. I I totally agree, and I could completely see myself doing that you know because there's only so long you want to go chasing those girls eventually you got to settle down and come home (laughs) (laughs) oh man i'm glad our wives don't listen to our pods so never (laughs) (laughs) we love our wives for the record 
more than anything, but yeah, just I can't imagine anything less boring. Uh, unless we started a uh, serial killer pod where each week we break down a serial killer, there's no way that she'd listen. <laughs> nope. nope. All right. At 14, we had Anthony Black. We did an episode on Anthony Black early, early on, on the draft act feed. Yeah. Reminder for everybody, we've moved over to the No Ceilings NBA feed. Make sure you subscribe to that. That's where all audio versions of this podcast will be. And uh, I I just can't wait to see this Arkansas team at full strength because I, I feel the same exact way about Anthony Black as I did early on. He's this guy. He's just going to be a lot of fun. You know, in some of these scrimmage, like exhibitions, he's shown some awesome bounds, some awesome playmaking, all the stuff that we knew. I, like, I don't think that from the time we did our first episode to now, he's all of a sudden going to be this knockdown shooter. So for for me, I'm, I'm in the same spot with Anthony Black um, as just a guy who I, I just think is going to be a hell of a lot of fun this year. 100%. Where, where did he end up on your board, Corey? He is uh, 11, 12, oh, okay. 11 or 12. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. I had him ninth. Um, so I think you and I were right there. We're right in the same yeah. range. I, I think he's going to be unbelievably fun to play with. I think his teammates are going to love playing with him. He is, you know, people throw around sneaky athletic all the time. Anthony yeah. Black is actually sneaky nah. athletic. Yeah, he, he re- cause he's like, yeah. yeah, he can really get up. There. Like his head's at the rim. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because like the way that he carries himself, it's like, oh, how athletic can this kid be? And then he'll just go and literally just like jam it on someone's face. And so um, <laughs> Anthony Black is a lot of fun. And then, Corey, the, the most important name of this last five that we I think we both. No, no, sorry. We haven't both at the same spot. We both have him fifth, if I'm not uh, mistaken, is Brandon Miller. And yes. he is um freaking good. And it's amazing to see. Where he's at, we were. Oh, okay. The athletic had him at eight. Good for you guys. Um, yeah, but you know, when we did our episode, yeah, the he, the athletic didn't have him ranked. Their first, their first uh, board rankings, whatever it was, and right after we did his episode, they released an update. And I think it was based a little bit more on Intel where everyone's like, oh, this kid is actually fucking killing it. Yeah. And they moved him up into the top 10, Um, which is firmly where he should be. But there's still a lot of outlets, you know, that either a haven't updated their boards from like, you know, the summer um, or just don't believe yet. I I mean, his range is, Right now, the highest two, the, the Athletic had him at eight. No Ceilings had him at nine, collectively. We both have him at five. Personally, I know Rucker and Metcalf are also both big believers in him. So we have some skeptics at No Ceilings, is what we're saying. Uh, like the rest of the outlets. I mean, SB Nation had him at 16, ESPN at 17, Basketball News at 17, Tankathon 19, and Sports Illustrated at 28, which kind of you know, weighed down his, yeah. his average a lot. Uh, but I, you know, he had his, his first game against, uh, you know, whomever the fuck stayed as well. And, you know, he, he didn't knock down the outside shot, which is something we're looking for this year, but he had 14 points, 14 rebounds, and he was filthy in the mid range. He made a lot of really fun passes. Uh, what did you say in the, in the group chat about his passes? 
No, I was just saying, like, he was celebrating every single one. Like, he <laughs> was having so much fun passing. So, yeah, because yeah. he's a fun passer. Like, he brings the ball up the court. He's got the size. He's the guy that I think is going to rise, you know, the most out of all the guys that we've talked about so far, just based on the fact that he's ranked the lowest. And I think, you know, he's got that kind of Paul George primary playmaking, uh, or at least secondary playmaking uh, potential there, which. You know, we did his episode on yeah. the No Ceilings NBA draft feed. You can listen to that in full if you want an hour breakdown about why we're, you know, head over heels for this dude. Mm-hmm. All right. I also wrote an article about him, everybody. That's Please true. Um, I That was a tough article for me to read because I haven't no, yet I watched it. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to do this. So <laughs> I have to like skip over all of the parts where yeah. I see any Game of Thrones references and just mm-hmm. read the Brandon Miller yeah. stuff. <laughs> but that's what I love about your writing so much. Um, is that is how you so perfectly intertwine the pop culture with the the basketball. So uh, Brandon Miller has a sapphire eye. Go read that mm-hmm. at com if you want uh, written words on our friend Brandon Miller. This next group is where things start to unravel a little bit because outside of the number 16th guy, which is Terquavion Smith, after this, every prospect for the rest of the top 40 um, has at least one outlet that does not have them ranked. Hmm. So the first 15 plus Turk Smith at 16, all of those guys were ranked on every outlet that we had. After that, there's at least one to two to three outlets that don't even have that prospect ranked. So that's where we're at with the draft cycle. You know, we know that these outlets aren't as deep into guys as they will be a couple of months from now. That's where we're at. This is a preseason uh, stock price. These are the IPOs. We're setting the stock price right now, live on the air. Uh, If you're watching live, make sure you hit the like button. Uh, mm-hmm. Make sure you hit the comments. Our guys, uh, Pasquis NBA, do you guys think there's any chance Filipowski enters the lottery range? It's a tough one for me. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that kid's stroke at his height. Filthy. It's filthy. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful stroke. Um, and we'll get to him later in the show. But uh, I just don't think he's the the kind of prospect that goes in the lottery anymore that NBA teams look for. You know, mm-hmm. he he's not this versatile defender that you have to be at at that stage you know i think a lot of i think he's gonna get a lot of like kevin love comparisons and kevin love is a very good player he's contributing uh a lot to a very very good cavaliers team but he's doing it off the bench and i think you know the reason he's doing it is because he doesn't have the same kind of defensive versatility as the guys that he played you know are in front of him so that's what I think. That's where I think we're at with uh, Filipowski. Yeah, agreed. We also have to see what he's like playing without his brother. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. At number uh, sixteen, we have Terquavion Smith with an average price of sixteen point six. Seventeen, mm-hmm. we had Gigi Jackson, average price of eighteen point seven. At number eighteen, we had Rayon Rupert, at average price of twenty three point seven. So now you're starting to see where these stock prices versus their actual positioning is really going. Uh, at nineteen, we have Arthur Kaluma, average price of twenty five point four. And at number twenty, we have Jordan Walsh with an average price of twenty five point six. So. Traquavion Smith is the guy that I think most people consider the best returning player in college basketball. 
Do you agree with that, with the consensus? <sighs> so, Corey, uh, Turquayugion was a guy that was really difficult for me last draft cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, he was quite low on my board. I don't have that exact number, but in terms of where he's at right now on my board is I have him at 21. Now, that was, and the main reason why I had some qualms with him was that I thought his decision-making was pretty ridiculous at times, and it mm. upset me, and it, and it personally offended me at times <laughs> how wild he was with the ball in his hands. But, 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 but. So it was I've a but. Been, there's always a but. And the thing that I cannot deny about Terquavion Smith is that he can really shoot the damn ball. And mm-hmm. um, he's another medium guard. He's about 6'4", right? But he looks he looks taller just because he's so wiry and long. And he's very of, long. Yeah, kind of skinny and stuff. But, uh, but also, I did want to say, Corey, seeing him right now in year two, he does look like he's bulked up a little bit. And I want to give him credit for that. He actually visibly looks stronger on the screen. So I do want to give him some respect and a shout out on that, And it, which is why... If he can be a little bit better, I don't want to say conservative, but if he could be a little bit better about protecting the ball and not giving it away so easily, it's very easy for me to see him rising up my board by a lot. So I I, kind of want to start there by saying Turquavion was a difficult evaluation for me last year. But I'm really glad he came back to school. And with him now being back at school, he definitely should be in the conversation as best in, in terms of best returning player. But in my eyes right now, I still like Arthur Kaluma a little bit more than him um, is kind of where I'm at. But I'm not dead set on it. And Turquavion, I do want to give him the props for what he's done to his body. He does look pretty damn good to start. Yeah, I think Turquavion Smith has a crazy draft range. Yeah. Because I think that he could be a top five pick i think if he explodes he could i think he could have a Jaden ivy type year Mm, jesus and he is he's a lethal shooter with range from everywhere he's an incredible athlete so quick can he's got bounce and you know thinking back to like the combine i mean we were shocked that he didn't come out he was he looks like he was playing uh, a different game than a lot of the prospects at the combine you know, he was the speed of the game was just slow for him. He was able to get whatever he wanted. And I think he it, all he has to do is show that he is a above average uh, finisher at the hoop, which with his athleticism and hopefully that added strength, he could prove if that happens. I think he's got top five potential because he is a crazy scorer. And there's a lot of, you know, Jordan pool to his game. And that's a guy who just got what, one hundred and thirty million dollar contract. Like there is a a a real, real role for a guy like him yeah. in this league. He's he's still young. It's not like he's this super upperclassman. So, uh, but I could also see him not, work, you know, improving on his finishing all that much. Right. Uh, the playmaking not being where you want to see it at and him just kind of being hot and cold from three and him being a guy that maybe you take back into the lottery and it's more of like a Donovan Mitchell type thing where you could definitely see the path, but your, you know, teams weren't sure. And it doesn't mean he's not going to figure it out in the NBA, but I, I can also see that outcome for him. But I think he's probably going to be a lottery pick. I think I'm at 15 or 16 right oh, now to start okay. the year. Um, but as far as who my, I think the best or my favorite, the guy I have highest on my board for a returner, 
It's actually Marcus Sasser. That's who I think the best returning player in college basketball is. Hmm. I'm a big fan. We'll get to him later. We'll get to uh, Kaluma in a few minutes. Uh, but Terquavion Smith, he's a guy, he's good to be must watch, must scout, you know, mm-hmm. viewing every uh, every game this year because he's one of these guys that could just be a guy that has to enter every draft conversation. Yeah. 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 And after him, Corey, that next name is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <it's... laughs> We're going to have a lot to say. I, I don't even know if I'm going to have a lot to say about Gigi Jackson. Uh, I, I think he's ranked appropriately. I think I have him at 23. His average price is 18.7. He comes in at 17th on the, the draft IPO. He's everything you want if you were making, if you were creating a player in 2K, he is the kind of creative player you would create. But he doesn't have all the VC yet to, you know, get that ranking up. So a lot of it looks cool, but I, I just, I think he's going to struggle a lot this year. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah. Uh, you have to remember he reclass, right? So he's a year younger than everybody. Mm-hmm. So you have to take that into consideration. Um, so I don't know. I, I think he's exactly where he should be right now because as, as much as he has that top 10 potential, you know, I think it's really hard. Like you have to be pretty consistent to get up in that range especially there's so many good wingy forwards in this draft that you know it's going to be hard as a a guy who reclassified younger a little bit raw but who knows maybe he's just fucking awesome from the jump and you know he he works his way into that range i i don't know i think we're probably probably feel similarly about him as a prospect right now i was appalled by how high i had him on my board and i really started to question my myself Corey. i was like <laughs> what the hell was i doing i on my board my first board i have him at 16 and i was like did i really put him at 16 or did I, someone doctor I mean, my... to be fair though that's a fine ranking yeah. i mean he's no, he, I, his, know, I know his stock price is at 18 you're you're right <laughs> within the standard deviation i know but in my head i was like the way that i think about gg jackson and the way that i've talked about him it's like why did i is it doesn't make sense but Corey, no ceilings what, had him at 13 on our board right Right. I, I do want to say, Corey, um, everything that you said is so freaking accurate because like you look at like his body and like his frame and stuff and you're like, ooh, yeah, like looks great, you know, and then yeah. he starts doing stuff on the court and you're like, what? <laughs> What's going on here? Um, so he's going to be something is the best way to put it. The thing for me is like I just don't think he has the motor right now. Like, oh yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like that—that that to me was the thing that stood out because that his highlights are fucking crazy. Like he looks like Kai Jones. I mean, he's it's like Jonathan Bender two point oh. Oh yes, my favorite. <laughs> like no, nah, his highlights are sick, uh. and um, I just but when I turned on the full game, it was just like, come on, man, like do something yeah. like i was like poking him with a stick like come yeah. on come on man <laughs> it just wasn't there it was like take over i want to see it you could do it i know you could do it uh and he just wasn't doing it enough and then you know he'd hit like a, a like a really awesome like turnaround off like a combo move and you're like yeah that's why you know you had him at 16 on your first board why no ceilings had him at 13 why uh basketball news has him at 10 the athletic had him at 12 like 
the potential is there. But we've seen raw potential go sideways a lot. So I'm skeptical. Mm-hmm. All he he could be, you know, number three on the next board if he, okay. you know, proves that he's that talented and that ready. I have no problem moving him up a lot throughout this yeah. process. I'm just skeptical right now. Is is it? That's it. Um, repair at 18. And this is where the stock price starts to jump in a, a weird way because his, his, he comes in at 18th on the, the draft rankings, but his average price is 23.7. So this mm-hmm. signifies to me that from here on out, a lot of outlets just don't know what to do with different guys. They're, because it's preseason, there's not like actual tape to judge on this year. It's just like a lot of personal favorites. And this is where things get crazy because um, he's got a high of 13 on Sports Illustrated and then a low of 26 at at no ceilings mm-hmm. and tankathon so mm-hmm. uh oh sb nation didn't have him ranked. okay that was his that was you know you so uh he's a guy that um i do like a lot though and he just got hurt i believe so i think he's gonna be out for a little bit but he did play some games with the new zealand breakers he's a guy that i think was gonna like look shaky early on and then similar to like how uzman jang came on towards the end of that season he would figure things out but i Look, he's like six seven, you know that long, lanky French forward that we've all come to love, and mm-hmm. I think he's got a smooth look and stroke. So I'm mm-hmm. a buyer in the shot. He just has to improve his decision making and his ability to finish, and I think that'll come with strength and and experience. Yeah, Corey. Recently, I don't remember who we were talking about, but you compared them to Nicholas Batum, and watching repair. I was like, oh, this guy reminds me of oh, this guy also reminds me of Nicholas Batum a little bit. A little bit. But yeah, Corey, I I will say I'm not as high on his shooting as you are. Um now of course you're the shooting doctor, so I should definitely defer to you. But wow. watching watching him shoot, I was like, you know, um, there's work to be done here. Um, it's not perfect, but if the shooting is gonna be really good or even at least like above average then we're talking about a really interesting player because the size is good. Even watching him play in the, uh, what is it? It's the NBL, right? Watching yep. him play in the NBL. It's like, Oh, you're like longer and bigger than like almost everyone on the court. And these NBA uh, NBL guys play really freaking physical. It's the NBL yeah. is a mix between rugby, Australian rules, football and basketball. So um, <laughs> consider all that. That's legal. It's in their rule book. It is. It, it is. <laughs> uh, elbow to the face. Very <laughs> encouraged. But um, watching him kind of hold his own there and, you know, he's not from there, right? He's French, right? He's, so he's French. yeah, he was there and he, he was like not afraid and he was, mixing it up with people and playing with some nice aggression to his game. Not like Sue. He's not like a raw, raw, crazy, aggressive type of guy. But the fact that he wasn't backing down and kind of holding his own in that league made me feel even better. However, I will say, Corey, I must have been really skeptical about his shooting because I have him 34th on my board. Mm. Um, But once again, he may move up after me watching some more. But also you said he is hurt. So... Is he yeah. out for the season? I don't think he's out for the season unless there's okay. a new update on him. But... Why? Well, I, I hope he comes back because I am open to moving him up my board because he did impress me by not being afraid of contact or physicality, and I thought he really held his own. Yeah, I think I have him at 26, so um, I, part of me thinks it's a little low and then I'll yeah. eventually come up 
a little higher on him, but uh, you know, we'll see because the thing that the, the thing that differentiates him from Usman that we all love so much was Usman had this unbelievable playmaking feel. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, repair doesn't have that. No. So it doesn't mean that he doesn't have a lot of interesting wing tools, but you know, he doesn't have that one special skill that is just stand out in, in comparison to a lot of the other guys in the class. Um, all right. Number 19, Kaluma. A lot of guys seemingly yeah. are skeptical of Arthur Kaluma. Hmm. Um, it seems as though Sports Illustrated is the highest on him at 23. We have, uh, sorry, Kaluma, uh, we are the highest on him. We have him at 14. Yeah. But um, the Athletic doesn't have him ranked in a top 60. So uh, there's a lot of feelings about Kaluma right now. Do you think he's more towards that lottery ranking where he is at 14 or more towards, you know, a, a second rounder? Um, average stock price of 25.4, 19th ranked prospect, Arthur Kaluma. I have Kaluma at 14 on my board right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Same. I'm definitely more towards the lottery. I, the thing I like about Kaluma is that he's not afraid, Corey, at all. No. Like he's not afraid of anybody or anything. He is the boogeyman. He's the one that you need to be afraid of because I think Kaluma is a guy who is willing to pull from anywhere. Um, I thought he looked phenomenal over the summer playing for his country. Um, I like the stuff that he did last year for Creighton. Um, is is he a finished product? Absolutely no. But I like that he has shit to him, and I like that yeah. he can shoot, and I like that he's not afraid to shoot. I mean, we talk about with Corey. We talk so much about these hypothetical shooters, guys that you know people say like, oh, you know, he's going to become a shooter, but then he they, he never does because he doesn't ever put up the volume. Well, Kaluma's not afraid. Go go back and watch how he played in the tournament. I think there was a game he's playing against Kansas, and he was just like, "Oh, he went Dude, off." Yeah, I'm, that was his I'm breakout gonna, game. Yeah, I'm gonna freaking put it up with confidence, and you're gonna. There's nothing you can do about it. I loved that game, and um, I like him a lot. And so he's at 14 for me, and I feel great about it. Like I, I, I really think he might move up even higher with the season that he's about to have at Creighton. So I'm with you, man. I, I, I like him a lot. Yeah, like, and here's the thing about Kaluma is that like he fits the direction of the league. You know, he is a a switchable um wingy versatile guy who can make shots and get to the hoop and finish and he, there's a lot to him to like. So it, I I'm I'm a little surprised there's skepticism towards him right now, uh especially after, you know, breaking out on the biggest stage against the right. eventual national champions. But right. Yeah, I'm in, man. I, I'm in on Kaluma. Um, I would have, I think he would have been draftable last year had he decided to come out early, even after just based on some of the raw stuff. Right. But he had a great summer. That Creighton team is going to be really fun to watch. And I think that Kaluma is a guy that, like, there is a pathway to where he could be. And I don't want to say the level of this guy because obviously we're just talking shades of and not like this is going to happen, but like, there's a lot of like Pascal Siakam to his game. In my opinion, you know, like I I think that that's, that's kind of the player he can grow to be at some point in his career. So I, I definitely think he's a guy that is going to be more trending towards a lottery conversation than, than, you know, the, 
30s or the second round. But that's why we set the stock price early because we we never know. Yeah. And then number 20 is Jordan Walsh, who, uh, again, his stock price is all over the place and a lot of fans for, for Jordan Walsh. I I'm confused about Walsh. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, I thought his link tape was fun. Not the guy at link that I always kind of had my eye on. I I Mm -hmm. more so liked Julian Phillips. Um, But, and I think he's in the perfect spot playing next to like Nick Smith and, and uh, Anthony black and Anthony black is going to throw some fucking oops to this guy Mm -hmm. that are going to be a lot, a lot of fun. But uh, Jordan Walsh to me feels like he could be a two year guy. Okay. That's my initial impression of him. Um, I, I think right now I have him somewhere in the thirties. Maybe oh, wow. I had him. Uh, I just, I, I, I need to see him be able to shoot it a little bit more consistently than where he's currently shooting it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I won't fight you. I have him higher. I have him at 19. Um, the thing with me with Walsh is I think he's a freak defender. Yes, Um, absolutely. I I love watching this guy play defense and it's like a weird thing, right? Like ultimately I I should care more about the shooting and you know, his lack of, and the growth that's going to have to come with him as a shooter, but just watching him defend, like really gets me excited. And I know I mentioned this to you before, Corey, but just like watching his arms and how he just decided to trade in his arms for ladders. It do- it doesn't make sense to me. And it's really jarring and exciting to watch. So I, I, I just love Walsh so much as a defender that he kind of ran up my board all the way to 19. But I, I don't want to disagree with you and everything that he said, because I think that's fair. Those are fair critiques, right? Things that he needs to work on. I also do think that Walsh has some real passing chops at, at times as well that I, mm-hmm. I, I want to see more of. Um, but as you mentioned, the situation that he, he's in is perfect. And I believe that's the type of situation that he should be pursuing on the next level as well in the NBA. He's going to be a guy who's going to who could be a point of attack, number one defender, guarding the best player on the other team every single night, but also on the offensive side of the ball, kind of more of a support role, right? A guy yeah. who, uh, hopefully works on that shot and he becomes more of a three and D type of guy than ever being like your number one or number two option mm-hmm. is kind of how I see Jordan Walsh. And so I feel okay having him at 19 because if a guy like that goes at 19, you feel pretty good about it. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I mean, and I think that is a perfectly fine place to rank him. I could also see where he's kind of like, uh, he goes in the, like Josh green range and he fills that Josh yeah. green role, you know, and it takes a yeah. couple of years for him to really get that shot down. But eventually, you know, he plays within the right team and right system. And he's just, the, you know, a great compliment to your star. Like that is absolutely a path for him. So that's the appeal. And um, I, I think if I, I was a little more confident in, in, cause I do think he also has potential to like, if he stayed another year, he'd be one of these guys who'd be like, Oh, I think he could break out and be a lottery mm-hmm. guy next year. That's So fair. maybe he does it this year, you know, but also he just he feels like he's got this crazy potential that he could fill. But I don't know if we're going to see it fully this year. That's fair. That's All right. Fair. Let's take a, a quick break and then uh, we will get to the 21 through 40th ranked prospects on the draft Act rankings. All right, we are back to finish off rankings 21 through 40. 
on the initial draft act rankings to start the season. And uh, the next five, we have Marcus Sasser at 21, average price 28, Chris Murray at 22, average price 28.4, Tyrese Proctor at 23, average price of 28.9, Mari Bailey at 24, average price 28.9, and then Chris Livingston at 25, average price of 29.6. Where are you at with, with this group? Who's your favorite guy? out of all of those five guys. I think in I have an of, idea. Yeah. In terms of ranking, it's definitely Amari Bailey. I have Amari Bailey actually 10th on my board. Mm. Um, I get it. I, I know I'm irrationally high on him. I wrote an article about him. I kind of fell in love. Um, that can change, right? He might dip or he might even go higher depending on how I feel about the guy. But Let Bailey's go. a guy that I really, really enjoy watching and a guy that I'm hoping uh, has an unbelievable season this year for UCLA. With that being said, the guy, Corey, that I really wanted to ask you about that I want to hear your thoughts on is Chris Livingston because he's a guy that I think can be a bit of he, – he might be di- a difficult evaluation for a lot of people. But what I wanted to say really quickly about Livingston, considering the role that he had playing at Oak Hill last season, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot more to his game than he was able or given the freedom to show I actually think he's going to be a really good NBA player is how I feel right now. Um, but I want to hear your thoughts because we, we just haven't discussed him at all. No, I like Livingston a lot. And Jeez. I think yeah. here's my thing. The first, my first experience watching him was, were the all-star games. The all, the McDonald's game, uh, I believe the Jordan classic. And he played really well in the All-Star games. And there was this freedom. He shot the ball really well. He finished through traffic. And then I watched the Oak Hill stuff. And I'm sorry, Maxwell. I know Judamint's your guy. Yes, say it. I did not care for the Oak Hill team last year. Yep. I don't, I didn't like, like I, Judamint's a lot of, interesting tools there he could score he's a bucket he's shifty all the things theoretically i would love but he also never met a shot that he didn't want to take and i felt like chris livingston was lost a lot of times in that offense and i feel like they really didn't do the job of making sure that both guys ate right right it felt like they were in the cafeteria and they both had plates but Judamins ate all his shit early. He he gobbled it up, and then he started taking you know off of Chris Livingston's plate. I I don't think he got a fair shake there, because I think he's got a good looking stroke. He's a strong dude with good size. Mm-hmm. He's not like a crazy athlete, but he's he's good. a decent athlete. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just felt like that Oak Hill team was not the right context. Yeah. I think the Kentucky team. I don't know. I mean, we know Wheeler is a guy who kind of, you know, likes to get his own a little bit too. Um, But I feel like he's going to look better at Kentucky than he did at Oak Hill. And he could be a guy that I could see definitely being in that like 12 to like 18 range come draft time. Yep. Yep. Corey, that's, you said exactly what I was trying to say, like, he just wasn't given the opportunity. I mean, when, if you go back and watch it, when was Chris Livingston catching the ball with three seconds left in the shot clock? You know, desperation, one pass away into the corner. He has to chuck up a three-point shot. It, I just, it didn't feel fair. 
is what I wanted to say. I, I, di- I, did, I didn't feel like he was given the same opportunity. And in a different context, I think he's going to be able to showcase much, much more than what he was able to in high school. So he's definitely a guy that I think people should kind of earmark and write down in pen, in my opinion, that as a guy who is really going to become a much better player than where he is right now or how he's being discussed right now. is I, I feel very strongly about it, actually, Corey. I agree. I agree with you. Uh, the other guy I really want to talk about in this next in, in this group that we're in is Marcus Sasser because mm-hmm. I had Sasser really high on my board last year until he missed the year, and then he came back for the draft combine, shot the shit out of the ball, and ultimately decided to come back and bet on himself. I think Marcus Sasser is going to go on a fucking warpath this year he is going to just destroy everybody i think that that houston team is going to be tremendous i think they're going to make a run to the final four and i don't care that marcus sasser is old i think he's gonna here's my hot take you you listening page clip this marcus sasser is going to be a lottery pick in the 2023 nba draft there it is there it is Marcus Sasser is one of my guys. This dude is the best tough shot maker in college basketball. Just like we were talking about with Keontae George with that bulldog build. He has that bulldog build. He's got great length. He's an excellent on-ball defender. uh, Can play on or off the ball as a shooter. I think the playmaking is there. I think he's going to make strides as a playmaker. He's you could just see him being a guy who has a run in a NBA playoff game where you're just like, this guy's on fire and there's nothing, nobody, you know, anything. Nobody could stop him. There's nothing mm-hmm. anybody could do to stop it. He could do whatever he wants. He's going to get to wherever he wants. Um, high volume three point shooter. He's he's what you want in one of these small, medium sized NBA guards. Yeah. I think he's going to be on a warpath. I think he's going to destroy people this year. It's my hot I take. Lo- I love that you just pulled the Bill Simmons calling Kyle to turn the TikTok <laughs> camera on. Um, and we've got Paige helping us out with that. So shouts to you, Paige. But Corey, I am with you. And um, you know what? The best thing that could have ever happened to him was him coming back to play with Jairus Walker. Jairus Walker is going to, in my opinion, only enhance Sasser's game, only make him look better, only make his life easier by being an absolute um, stalwart as a defender. So um, I love it all. I think it's phenomenal. I'm, I'm, I, I have him not as high as you do, but I can very easily see myself getting there with you. So I love it all. Yeah. He's going to be a lot of fun this year. Um, either that or he's going to make me look really stupid. So either way, that'll be a win. <laughs> <laughs> Next group at 26, we have Grady Dick, uh, stock price, 29.6 Leonard Miller, uh, no ceilings favorite <laughs> at uh, 27 average price of 30.3 at 28. We have city Sissoko at 31.3 29. We have Nikola Jurisic at, uh, average price of 32.9. And then at number 30, top 30, take that, no ceilings. We have Hami Hakez Jr. with an average price of 33. Topped ranked, top 30 ranked Hami Hakez entering the year. Yeah. It's first round territory, guys. Yeah. Just listen. I, I love Hakez. Hey, you're the one who put me onto Hakez last year. I saw him play live a bunch last year. Hakez, I currently have 18th on my board. So enough said. Love Let's the guy. go. Love the guy. Let's uh, go. Grady Dick, very interesting guy that 
Corey, I'd love to hear your thoughts on because mm-hmm. he's a little divisive as well. He is. Leonard Miller, I saw live and I did not enjoy that at all. CD Sissoko, a guy that I know you're not a big fan of, but for me, Corey, I liked him as a defender and the jump shot when I saw it live in front of me, it looked good enough. Um, I don't know if Sissoko is ever going to be a 40% three-point shooter, but I can actually see him being like a 35 to 37. I know we're talking about like 3% guys. Don't kill me for it, but there is a difference in terms of perception. Um, But Sissoko, I actually do like a little bit, but I also know what you're going to say about Sissoko. And I agree because there is this thing about Sissoko where you don't feel him all the time on the court. And it's kind of like, why is he on the court, but also hiding at the same time, which I, I do understand, but um, there's something about him that I do kind of enjoy. And it's especially on the defensive side of the ball that, that I like about him is what I'll say about that group. Yeah. He has a lot of fans. I get it good body you know there's some intriguing tools i think what it comes down to for me and i'm just trying to kind of look at the the short history of this ignite team i don't know how many draft spots and and we're going to play an over under game when we're done here there are for these ignite prospects and and right now you know scoot obviously he's the Mm -hmm. outlier he's going to be the second pick in the draft Right. Leonard Miller, for as much as I think, you know, we're out on him as a collective at no ceilings, he does have intriguing <laughs> tools that are worthy of betting on at least sure. somewhere. Uh, and Sissoko, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not there yet. I think this is the weakest crop of Ignite talent so far. Um, outside of Scoot, obviously Scoot's probably, he's the highest end talent they've ever had. Mm-hmm. But I think as a collective for their draft class, I, I don't, I'm not a buyer um, overall. So I don't know. Sissoko, there's, it's, he's fine. He's yeah. fine. There's just other guys I'd rather take a chance on. True. Um, Grady Dick had a great debut mm-hmm. playing with our guy, Kevin McCuller, friend of the, mm-hmm. the program at Kansas, defending national champions. <sighs> I thought he struggled in high school against like versatile defenders mm-hmm. <laughs> to really get like clean looks. I think his his uh body is a little underdeveloped, but he could shoot it. So he's a good passer. He's got good size. I don't know. What do you think about him? I, good God. I think, you know what, Corey? I think Grady Dick's going to grow on us. It's how, This is, what am I saying? There you go. Here we go. You took there the bait. There it is. I did. I, uh, I should be better. the low-hanging fruit. No, I you needed to do it. I should be better. I didn't even it. mean to. But here we go. So, uh, this kid, Dick, he's going to grow on us. I really believe it. And, and here's where I'm at. I, I think physically I, I do i want him to gain 10 pounds yeah yeah but also he's not like the weakest dude either um no he's got good size the, the, i like the shooting stroke a lot and i am a sucker oh, i think well, both of us 
yeah, we're 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 such suckers for the shooting form, and he's got a pretty looking one, and he really is going to shoot it well on this team because Corey, like you said, considering the construction of this roster, I think they are going to get him some good opportunities with the team that he's playing on. So I do like that for him, and I think ultimately this is what's going to happen. I think he's just going to show the NBA that he can be a Kevin Herter type of guy. And I, and I hate to do the white guy, white guy um, comparison, but I mean, it's, it's kind of accurate here, right? Although, you know, Herter is able to do stuff with the ball in his hands and maybe Dick can do as well. So we shall see, but I I think I like him better than I thought I would. I think on my board, give me one second. I had Grady Dick. Wow. I had Grady Dick at 39 on my initial board. So that's pretty rough, but he's definitely going to be a little bit higher on the next one. I think not that he's going to shoot up into my lottery or anything like that, but okay. I'm going to stop talking because everything's yeah, I had him weird. At, I had him yeah. at 36 on my Good. first board. Wow. I just, I, I think my concern with him is that he was going to be a multi-year guy. Oh, but I think you're right on this specific team. They're going to have a good run and he does have a lot of tools. He's got good size he could shoot the hell out of the ball. I certainly think that he has the potential to be a one and done guy. Absolutely. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, he could very easily, very quickly kind of make me flip how I feel about him by just, yeah. you know, contributing earlier than I thought more consistently. And especially just expectation wise. Cause I think a lot of the, the Grady Dick stuff was like top 20, maybe some lottery stuff early on. And I just didn't see that. So that, that was part of it. So I think that his place at number 26 on the first IPO makes a lot of sense. I think that's very fair. Yeah. Um. All right. Next group. There's some guys you like, some guys mm-hmm. that you're going to get an opportunity to see. Guy that I'm going to get an opportunity to see. Mm-hmm. We have Julian Strother at 31, average stock mm-hmm. price 35.7. Uh, Adem Bona at number 32, average price of 35.8. Julian Phillips at number 33, average price of 36.4. Jet Howard at 34, average mm-hmm. price of 37.1 heading into the year. And then Daron Holmes, the second at 35, average stock price of 37.4. I feel like we have to start with the, the talk of the town right now, Jet Howard. Hmm. Coming in, starting the year, 34th, second round territory. This kid's been lighting the net on fire NBA jam style his mm-hmm. first couple of games. Who the fuck's State University is has not enjoyed playing against <laughs> Jed Howard. He's he's had been, been over 20 in both games, mm-hmm. scoring at all three levels. And the thing about Jed Howard, um, who I had at 19 on my first board, I believe. Um, Think about Jed Howard. He looks huge. Mm -hmm. In those yellow jerseys, I'm like, and with the undershirt that he's wearing, I'm like, is is that Anthony Davis? Right. Like, he's huge. The kid is huge, man. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Corey, I did want to ask. So, I had Howard at like, let me see. I had Howard at 33, actually, on my board to start. So um, right right, right where his ranking is. Yeah. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Corey, where – Coach's kid, right? They're really excited yeah. about him. 
He's shooting the lights out. He's going to come down to earth, in my opinion. Of course. Um, and I and I I'm sure Metcalf's going to hate to hear that. Um, I, I do think he's going to come down to earth a little bit. Where do you think his ultimate median outcome looks like for him? Because I do like him. I, I don't want to be Debbie Downer here. I, I love that he's having a great start to the season, but I just feel like there's going to be a leveling out in terms of his production. Um, where do you kind of see him ending up in terms of not necessarily where he gets drafted, but like his overall outlook as a prospect? Um, because he's not the perfect prospect, in my opinion. I, I no, think there are certain things there that, not. you know, um, but um wanted to get your take on that because once again, respect to him, great start to the season, but he is going to come down to earth a little bit. Sure. And so the thing I liked about him is that he popped on the tape. IMG was my favorite high school team last year. That was the Keontae George, Jarris Walker, and um, Jed Howard team. And as much as I always liked watching Keontae and Jarris, Jed Howard always managed to be a guy that you looked at and like, wow, he's he's popping on the film. He's not going to average 25 points per game for the entire season, you know, his entire freshman season, obviously. Mm -hmm. That's not where he's going to be at. Sorry, Metcalf. But I think that he is a guy that even if he doesn't become this really versatile offensive wing. And I think one of the things that you really like that he's shown early on in these Michigan games is that he's had a couple of nice passing possessions out of the pick and roll, some really good feel um, high IQ. But I think even if he's not hitting that 20 point per game score, where you're like, this is a guy who you're giving a bulk of the offense to, I think like, he could definitely be like a a Jay Crowder type guy on a team and just a guy who like is going to be able to put pressure because he can get hot and score. Um, uh, I think young Jay Crowder is probably a little bit quicker to attack closeouts and whatnot than he is now. But um, I, he's just got such good size. He's got good feel. I, I think this is a guy who we've seen these guys succeed. We've seen these guys you know, sometimes go lower than they should. I don't know. I, I'm, I don't think he's going to be a guy that averages 25 a game. I don't even know if he's going to be a guy that averages 20 a game. That's a tough yeah. bar to get to in college basketball. Correct. But I could see him settling in conference play at 14, 15, 16 points a game, five, six rebounds, a couple of assists and projecting to be a switchable guy. And mm. that's a lottery pick. That is. That's a, that's probably a lottery pick. I'm going to go see him live this year. So I'm very excited mm-hmm. uh, to scout him then. But I, I think there's a real role for him in the NBA. Cause he just, he fits so much of what you want and he's been prepared for it his whole life. Yeah. You know? Corey, I do want to say in this pocket of five guys here, I think they're all kind of similar in that way. A lot of them, because the next guy that I want to talk about is a guy that you sold me on and a guy who I think in my next big board, I, I might have him in the lottery range is Julian Phillips and mm. also a guy like Julian Strother as well. These are all, in my opinion, similar guys, guys that yeah. are going to play 
a high-end role in the NBA. And when I say high-end, I don't mean like first or second option, but guys who are going to be key contributors to a contending team because of the versatility that they could potentially bring as defenders, but also offensively as well with the shooting that they're going to be able to provide and also the little extra, right? The the the, the phrase that you've always used, right? 3 and D plus type yeah. of stuff, right? Watching Strother and his, you know, his, what, what he can do around the rim is awesome for me. I love his floater. I love that he's growing in the first game of the season. He's already attacking the rim more and showing more stuff with that. Julian Phillips is a guy that you told me to go watch, and he was really, really fun to watch. A guy who who I think his shooting stroke is only going to get better from here, and defensively there's stuff to him as well. So it, this range, the, this group right here is pretty interesting to watch because there's a lot of guys who I think may play not exactly the same but similar roles for an NBA team. Yeah, with Strother, at when I was in Atlanta for the Overtime Elite Pro Day, I was talking to a uh, NBA scout on the West Coast that had just went and uh, watched the Gonzaga guys work out. And uh, I asked how Strother looked, and he was like, yeah, I like Strother. He's like, look good. You know, I, what I like about him is he doesn't need the ball. You know, he's he's a good cutter. And, you know, there it was good, good vibes for Strother um, based on what the uh, NBA scout had seen. So I, I think that's encouraging. Um, definitely a guy that easily could see going like 22. Yeah. You know, nice. uh, Julian Phillips is a guy that he was the guy on link that I was immediately drawn to when I watched their games. Um, because I just think that I, I just loved his shot. I loved his stroke, even on misses. It looks so clean. And what I liked about him is he, he has like a little bit of, of creativity on the ball little bit of juice there but what i really loved is how well he moves off of it and how he doesn't need the ball in his hands and how he can come off floppy action and pin downs and rams and uh spain and all do all this fun stuff at the nba level uh he's athletic he gets out in the open court and even if the on-ball stuff like you said the three and d plus like even if that it doesn't develop to where you want it to he's still got this fun baseline right you know and i i know um you know, Rucker is in on him as well, at, but at no ceilings, you know, we have him at 32. Uh, we have him at 36, sorry. And so uh, some of the guys are, are going to be a little bit late to the party, but um, I think that Julian Phillips is going to be a guy who's in the top 20 conversation all year. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I just really like his game. I, I, I think he's got a fun offensive scoring package. He's long, athletic, versatile, wing. You know, if you haven't noticed a trend over the last, like, two years, big fan of the wingy guys, the versatile wings. I, you know, there's there's just a, a a role for them in the NBA. And I think he's another one of these guys. So I, I if he's a second rounder, I think he goes back. That's where I think he's at because I think he's got a lot of talent. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I like him a lot. All right. Let's, let's finish up this uh, 36 to 40 range, which actually – in my opinion, is a little bit stronger than some of the other ranges here. But at 36, your guy, Jordan Hawkins, average price at 37.4. At 37, Kyle Filipowski, Duke big man. We talked a little bit earlier. Average price of 37.6. At 38, Jalen Hood-Scafino, Indiana point guard. Average stock price of 38.4. 39, Harrison Ingram, 
average price of 39.8. And at 40, Tyrese Hunter, average price of 40.2. Honorable mention to Colby Jones, who came in at 41 at 40.7. All right, we have to talk about Jalen Hood-Scafino's draft stock being at 38 Mm -hmm. in the preseason. Mm -hmm. Led the Montverde team. Mm -hmm. He was the engine. I know that Derek Whitehead was the guy on that team. Dylan Mitchell was the guy who was really fun, had the dunks in the open court. I get it. Yada, yada. Jalen Hood Scafino ran the team. He was the glue that kept that thing together. I love him. He is a lottery pick. I think I have him at 11 right now. Mm -hmm. He's got excellent size, mid-range killer. The pace he plays with is so damn fun. He's so crafty in the pick and roll. He'll do these little things that you just, you don't notice unless you watch very closely where he's taking like retreat dribbles to open up like a little space or he's making passes by looking guys off with his eyes to mm-hmm. open up little creases to to fling the ball through. I get it. Right now, he's not a, a, a knockdown three-point shooter, but the form looks good. Let the kid grow as a shooter because it's going to be easy for him to extend that range. I think he's going to be a lot. How about this? Here's another hot take. I think there is a chance that Jalen Hood Scafino is the first Montverde prospect taken in the draft. It's possible. It's definitely possible. Yeah. It might not be probable. (laughs) <laughs> but but Corey, considering i mean look there are a lot of things right we already talked about mitchell and there is real volatility to his stock we talked about whitehead and the fact that he's starting the 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 season injured so it's very possible and i'm right there with you i'm not as high but i have shafino at 15 on my board so he's clearly a guy that is should be in our opinion should be much higher than where he currently is being ranked by these other outlets. And it's everything that you said. The kid has really great size for the type of role that he's going to play. He's got great vision. Corey, everything that you said, the the timing to his play, the nuance to his play, the desire and the, 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 the he's, he's readily able to let things cook and let Mm. things kind of marinate before he throws it on the grill. He's really smart about letting things and letting the play develop. And he's, as you mentioned, right, the little nuance, the the stuff that he can do with his eyes and the misdirection and all that stuff. It's fantastic with him. And the the thing that I love about him the most, and I think you and I, we we love our mid-range killers and he's he's an absolute mid-range killer. He's a technician from there, a guy who's his shot from there is really good. And it gets you excited about him shooting from that third level as well. Um, he, I just, I love it. And and also around the rim too, like he's got mm-hmm. good touch around there as well. And there, there's a lot to like there. So I'm with you a hundred percent on that. A hundred percent. A guy that you're not with me on mm-hmm. Harrison Ingram. Yeah. Yeah. Don't where, like where does your skepticism, <laughs> where does your skepticism <laughs> lie? You saw him live last year. <sighs> yeah. Um, Harrison, I know you're listening, so this is kind of like my video letter to you, buddy. Um, Look, I I get it. And with Harrison Ingram, I understand why people like him. The playmaking is there with him. The the thing that I just didn't like so much about his game is that I thought, in my opinion, that he also was a 
in and out type of player, hot and cold type of player. And I, and I don't mean his scoring. I, I meant his engagement. There are a mm-hmm. lot of times that I felt like he was invisible on the court. It very much the Tobias Harris, Harris syndrome or the Andrew Wiggins syndrome before Long he Island leaning. legend, Tobias Harris. Yeah, correct. Correct. Long Island legend, Tobias Harris. But there is this, 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 this aura to Ingram where it was like, buddy, like I see it. I get it. Like even during warmups, there's this, there was this like cockiness to him where he like, he knew that he was like this highly touted prospect and he was really, really good. And, you know, he's kind of going nonchalant through his warmups and the game started. And I was like, cool. There are a lot of guys who can take it a little slower, a little lighter in warmups, but we'll turn it on when the game starts. And he just never flipped that switch. And I also thought that physically he wasn't in prime shape. I felt like he could, he, he could, you know, I thought it would benefit him to lose about 15, 20 pounds. Um, his legs were like really, really thick, but not like in the muscular way. And I was like, hey, if you trim down a little bit, I think that'll help you as well. And so I the, the verdict is still out. I, I, I said I don't like him, but I, I, don't, I don't actually mean that. Um, I am hoping for the best. He currently on my big board is pretty low. Actually, I have Harrison Ingram at 37. Right. Which, according to this, I guess I'm pretty spot on. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> I, I I just I don't I, I understand the highs. I understand why people like him. I just want to feel him more on the court is where I'm at. I, I don't disagree. And I think that if had he been a more aggressive player, he'd have been In a the, first rounder last year. Yeah. Agreed. You know, because I, you know, I know a lot of people are a little worried about his shot. I'm not. I think his form looks fine. Um, my biggest concern is the finishing. He was not a good finisher. And yep. with somebody of his size, and he's not the most athletic guy, but he's got great size. And honestly, I don't think his touch is that bad. Mm-hmm. Like it's soft, but it's not accurate. And he has to finish inside. It's a lot like Turquavion Smith. If this is a guy who finishes inside at that size uh, with those playmaking chops, this is a guy that I think is a top 20 guy pretty, pretty easily. Uh, Especially if, you know, he ends up being in, you know, like better condition than, than last year, another year older, uh, another year wiser. So he's going to be an interesting guy to track. Tyrese Hunter rounding us out at 40. He's got a crazy kind of draft range. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sports Illustrated had him at 20. And then ESPN has him at 70 right now. So this is a guy who his stock is everywhere. I saw him at Iowa State last year. And he really impressed me in person. I don't care that he's short. He's Mm -hmm. one of these bulldog, strong, stocky guys. On the ball, he reminds me a lot of Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell, I think, is probably going to be one of the best on ball point of attack defenders of all time when it's all said and done. So uh, I don't think I'm going to put those kind of expectations on him, but he really is impressive and can really get after you and into you and move and shadow you on the ball. He's got really fun playmaking chops. Uh, I think that he's got good feel and good vision and he could really make some fun plays. It comes down to if he shoots 45% from the floor, and 36% from three, this is this he's legit. Anything better than that, he's a lotto pick, regardless of the size. Yeah. Uh, or at least in the conversation. He he's one of the guys that you feel him on the court. He makes you feel him. So um I think that Tyrese Hunter 
is uh, I'm glad he made the top 40. Yeah. Because I think he's going to be a riser. No, I, I'm with you. It, 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 the shooting with him, it looks fantastic. I really like him as a shooter a lot. I, I, you mentioned the bulldog type of attitude that you ha- that he has. Currently on my board, I actually have him at 42. Um, was kind of where I had him, which yeah, is a little bit is pretty low. I I agree with all that, but I just I don't know. At this point, I think it's it's, it's safe. pretty act. Yeah, but also like for me, Corey, like I I have this weird thing with like I have a lot of hesitancy when it comes to smaller guards, and that that's something I need to work on, and something no, I need that's to. Smart. Yeah, I guess, but I don't know. At the same you time, like I, I yeah, I need to see it is where I'm at, and uh, the funny thing is. It's it's see that's the thing though like sometimes I feel like I have double standards though because like another guy that's in the same range is Jordan Hawkins and it's not like Jordan Hawkins is a giant on the court either he's kind of like a medium sized guard as well but no I, I'm I'm with you man I like Hunter a lot I just have him much lower um, I'd like to see more this season and he's playing on a new squad right he's playing in um, yes. for Texas this year with Dylan Mitchell so and he might not be he might not be the best guard in that backcourt right Arterio Morris is. A really right. talented kid. He's got some baggage <laughs> with him, but right. he's a talented right. kid. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's true. And I, I'm not laughing at what Arterio Morris did. I'm more laughing at like he's a guy that we'd love to talk a little bit more about, but he's um he's got some real issues. Got he's got to figure out. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but I like Hawkins a lot, man. Just I know. Last what do you thing I wanna... what do you like about him? I, for me, it just Hawkins feels like the prototypical can get you a bucket at any time a guy who just i think will have a long career being a professional scorer right like guys like i don't know like a terrence ross or a will barton or these guys have just been around forever you know they're yeah. like wings who you put the ball in their hand and they can figure it out and hawkins is shorter than both of the guys that i mentioned but there's this, this ethos about him that i really do enjoy where it's like yeah i'm gonna come out here and be really like as a freshman he played on that yukon squad and he they had some upperclassmen there and guys that really wanted the ball what's the tall guy his name's sonogo right um they have these they had guys on that team that really wanted the ball in their hands and he you know he, he was unafraid at times to go out there and he's not perfect though <laughs> Um, some of the some of the shot selection I think needs to improve, but I like the stroke on him. I like the aggression on him. Him playing with Andre Jackson is interesting to me because Andre Jackson feels like a nice support, wild, athletic type of guy. So I continue to be high on Jordan Hawkins, and I hope he figures it out even more this season. There's nothing more I would like to see than UConn return to yes. you know that kind of status they held once yeah. upon a time. Before we end. I want to hit some over-unders that I went through. Okay. First one, Duke Blue Devils. Over-under, two and a half picks selected. Jesus. The line is at two and a half. Two and a half. (sighs) Tyrese Proctor, Dariq Whitehead, Kyle Filipowski, Mark Mitchell. Yeah, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over because I think Proctor here is kind of the the, the kind of the nail in the coffin because um, – no, no, that's not even the right saying because that, that's a negative connotation. But um, Derek Whitehead, <laughs> number one, and then Lively is going to get picked. And then I think Proctor is a guy who very easily could go in the 20s. And then Mark Mitchell is going to have fans. I, I really believe it. I, I think fan. Mark Mitchell. Yeah, I like Mitchell as well. And then Filipowski could be a second-round guy. Might go undrafted, but who knows? Right, he could be a second round guy, a guy maybe even go late first round. So I'm gonna take the over on that. 
UCLA over under two and a half picks selected. I'm going to go under. Um, I think it's going to be Hawkes and Bailey. And then Bona, I think, is going to go back. Um, I agree with you there. I'm going under on UCLA, uh, over on Duke. The G League Ignite, over <laughs> under, two and a half picks selected. Under, under, hammer it, lock, lock. 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 Under. And I'm the one who didn't like. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> under lock. I'm also going under. Yeah. Arkansas over under two and a half picks selected. I'm going to take the over and I'm going to say it's a lock. Lock. Yes. Lock and it in. Arkansas. Let, let me explain, Corey, really quickly, because I think whether it's Walsh or Brazil, one of them is going to find a lot of fans in a front office and that'll be the third player. So I think that'll be my lock. I'm also going over. I don't know if it's a lock, mm-hmm. but oh, I'm going over. Mm-hmm. Kentucky, over under, one and a half pick selected first round. I'm going to take the over. Yeah. I think Livingston's going to be that good. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go over. Outside shot for Jacob three. Toppin. Oh, outside oh. shot. Jacob Toppin, I think, is going to be a second rounder. But yeah. outside shot for, for three. Houston, over under, one and a half picks selected in the lottery. (laughs) Okay, so for me, I'm not where you're at, so I'm going to take the under very easily here. (laughs) I'm going over. I'm taking Jarris Walker and Marcus Sasser in the lottery. Last one, the overtime elite, over under, one and a half picks selected in the top seven. I am actually going to take the under. And um, you know why. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I'm going to take the over. Okay. I think they both go top seven. Corey, I think there's a very real world that Asar goes top seven and Amen doesn't. And it's just, it's my gut. And it's just me hating too. So (laughs) I. I think that Amen is going to go top five. Yeah. I don't think at this point, I don't know what he could do that would drop his draft stock. Really? I don't. I, I think NBA teams have seen him up close a lot. Yeah. They've been, they've been to the pro days. You know, they've seen him up close. Oh. The competition is what it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to judge. He played well overseas against real competition played well against the uh the adelaide 36ers i believe it was the adelaide 36ers yeah. that beat the yeah. phoenix suns mm-hmm. um played well against mega mm-hmm. i think he's gonna be a top five pick lock even though i don't agree so i need a sar to work his way into the top seven yeah is where My- i'm at my only thing, though, Corey, actually, you're probably right. You know, you're probably right. But I'm just saying, what if there's a world where the kid just absolutely does not figure out the shooting at all this season? Um, I just NBA's- think a team's going to I think I think there's going to be a team that wants to bet on him. OK, in the long term. Sure. Ben Simmons. OK, 
Ben Simmons, I, Isaac Okoro. Yeah, you're right. Okay. I mean, look, I'm not saying maybe not. It's yeah. but he's got the plus positional size. He's got the playmaking. He's a, a freak athlete, yes. good defender, and yes. he's very marketable. You might be selling me. No, but yeah, no, I get it. I just yeah, there's a big part. Doesn't of mean it we is. have to agree with the ranking. Yeah, correct. But I think as far as the selection, mm-hmm. I think I think he's going to be a. I'll I'll change my answer. For guy. You. I'll change my answer. Yeah, I'm with you on the over. All right. Well, that was my last over under. So that's going to do it. We set the stock prices for the top 40 prospects as of right now in November Mm -hmm. for the class of 2023. Thank you. This is a long episode. So uh, anybody who's still watching live, we appreciate it. Make sure you smash that like button. If you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe. If you haven't yet, Uh, if you're listening to this on any of your audio platforms, Make sure that you uh, rate and review. That stuff really helps. Five stars up in this bitch. Mm-hmm. And um, make sure that you head to nosillingsmba.com. Subscribe to the website. All of our content is free. You'll get it Monday through Friday delivered directly to your inbox. And um, a lot of fun stuff this year. Albert, tell the people around the World Wide Web where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at... Alberto Gim is my handle on Twitter is where you can find me. I wrote some stuff last week about Brandon Miller. As I mentioned, we did a pod on him. I did a TikTok for the first time in my life. A lot of new things are happening uh, over at no ceilings, but it's a lot of fun. We love what we do guys. We really appreciate all the support that you guys continue to show us. We appreciate it all. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. All right. You can follow me at Corey Tulliba on Twitter, NBA Draft Dude on YouTube, NBA Draft Dude on TikTok. I'm posting TikToks all the time. So if you're on TikTok, uh, head there. Make sure that you uh, you stay locked in to the No Ceilings NBA Draft podcast feed. We have uh, the double, double Tylers tomorrow. So um, stay tuned there. And then uh, kicking back off on Monday, we have Nathan and Maxwell and Steven Draft Deeper. So the podcast feed is daily, y'all. So if uh, this is your first episode watching, or listening, rather, um, stay locked in because you're getting this content daily. Audio content daily. Video content daily. Written content daily. Mm-hmm. We have the draft covered unlike any platform ever. So we appreciate all of your support uh, and rocking with us because uh, it wouldn't be possible without you guys. So uh, until that, until next time, we out. Peace. Peace. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus